Exodus chapter number 8. Exodus chapter number 8. We'll start there. Last week we talked about the plague (coughs) of the blood. And uh, this week we're going to talk about the plague of the frogs. And uh, we'll do uh, talk about that for tonight. But Exodus chapter number 8. Are you guys warm in here tonight? Or am I the only one that's warm? I guess I'm the only one that's warm, so... Never mind. Never mind me. Ah, thank you for the bottle of water. Hallelujah, sister. Ouch. All right, so you got your Bibles open to Acts, Acts, Exodus chapter number 8. Let's begin reading in verse number 1. We're going to read about 15 verses, and then we'll jump right in there. Verse number 1, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses... Go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Now, if you remember correctly, verse number 25 is the river of the water was blood, and it's been, it had been fulfilled for seven days. It happened for seven days. The water was blood, and so they couldn't drink it. So now... Moses is coming back to Pharaoh to try to get the children of Israel released. Verse number two. If thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up into thine house and into thy bedchamber and upon thy bed and into the house of thy servants and upon thy people and into thy ovens and into thy kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come up both on thee and upon thy people and upon all thy servants. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying unto Aaron, Stretch forth thine hand with a rod over the streams and over the rivers and over the ponds, cause frogs to, to come up upon the people. So let's stop for just a moment. Let's give an introduction, then we'll jump right into the message here today. Let's look at the mediation before the plague. He's going before, he's going before Pharaoh and basically giving him a chance to get right. Giving him a chance to make it good. Now, if you go back a couple of chapters, Moses has went before Pharaoh and asked for the release of the children of Israel. And Pharaoh still, I ain't going to let him go. I ain't going to let him go. And then the blood was applied. Uh, the blood was put into the river and uh, it stayed for seven days. And that kind of a plague, it would drive, I, I don't even know how you would even react to a plague where your water was bloody. I mean, you went out to the river and it was bloody. You went to your sink and it was bloody. You went to your, your back pond and the water was bloody. I can't imagine that kind of a plague. So it's over. It's seven days is over. Now he's gone back to Moses. Now Moses has gone back to Pharaoh and said, hey, bud. Would you let them go? Well, what does Pharaoh say? No. God, if God says, and Moses says, look, if you don't let them go, I'm going to cause frogs to come upon this place. So he gives him a chance to get right, a chance to repent. And here's the greatest thing about God is God didn't give Pharaoh one chance. God didn't give him two chances. God gave him multiple chances to let the children of Israel go. And what did he refuse to do? Let 
them go. We want to go. They were slaves in Egypt. They were being, they were being tortured. They were being uh, made to do things that nobody ought to be made to do. And so he released them and they wouldn't release them. I don't know why Pharaoh would not release them, but he wouldn't. So as we look at this, he gives them a chance, but he still refuses to say no. But I think as a Christian, as we look at our own personal lives, are there not times that when God says do, we say no. And when God says, hey, I told you to do something, no. I told you to go, no. I told you to be, no. I told you to wear, no. I told you not to, no. I told you not to go there, and I told you not to go there, and I told you, no. I don't want to listen, God. And so Pharaoh has been given the opportunity to listen. And he says, no, I'm not doing it. Wow. We look at Pharaoh and say, man, that's wicked. That's awful. That's terrible. But how many times do we do that? We do that way too many times. I'm guilty of doing things that I ought not to do. And we all are. But when God says no, what does that mean? Have you ever heard a parent say, when I say no, that means what? No. no. Am I going to change my mind? No. So when you ask me in five minutes, the answer is still going to be no. Does God change his mind? If the answer is no today, guess what the answer will be tomorrow? No. No. If God says, I don't want you to do that because it's wrong, that answer will always be, it's wrong. Wrong will always be wrong. And right will always be right. Now, I will say this. And I am not talking about God saying no to prayer because you ought to keep praying even if God's answer is no at the time. Because there are things that you and I pray for that it's just not the right timing for God to answer that, that thing that you're specifically asking for. Keep praying, keep going back to God because the answer might be no today, but the answer might be yes in a year. Just keep praying. He went to Pharaoh and Pharaoh says, I ain't listening. So let's look at the sermon. Number one in the sermon, if you're taking note, the the infiltration of the plague that he he infiltrated the place with what frogs can you imagine <coughs> i can't begin to imagine my wife miss stacy she hates frogs she hates frogs i don't know why but of all the things in the world she's afraid of frogs for some reason I remember as a kid one time at church camp, uh, there were boys, girls, I don't know, somebody chasing Miss Stacy around with a frog. And she said, ah, frog! Afraid of a little frog. Now, the only frogs you need to be afraid of are frogs that are poisonous. Outside of that, you ought not be afraid of a frog. Can I get a witness, amen, Stacy? Ah. Uh-huh. But I... Seeing a frog in your yard, sure, no big deal. But can you imagine, just go with me for a minute and think about this. 
frogs everywhere. They go outside and they're everywhere. And the whole ground is covered with frogs. And all you can see is frogs. You go in your pantry to go get your flour. Whoop! And there's a frog sitting on your flour. You go and get your pot to cook you some gumbo. And there he is in the pot. And you go in your sink to wash your hands. And there they are in your sink. So they were not in one place. They were not just in the yard. They were everywhere. That's what, Mo- that's what Moses said. Look at verse number four. <coughs> what does he say? And the frogs shall come up upon thee, and upon thy people, and upon all thy servants. Look what he says. And verse number six, uh, verse number, uh, and, and cause the frogs to come upon the land. Verse number six, and Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters, uh, over, the ha- over the waters of Egypt. And the frogs came up, and what? What is that next word? What? Covered. Covered the land. Now, I'm not a real, I'm not a, an English major, but I do know this, that when he says covered, what does he mean? Everywhere. What do you do with a blanket at night? What do you do? You cover your body with it. Can you imagine laying down at night and you covered yourself up with your blanket and you wake up in the morning and your blanket is covered with frogs? Uh-huh. I mean, this is the this is the the thing that's going on. You better watch out tonight. Uh, And as we go home tonight, uh, you might find a little frog on the bed. No, Miss Stacy would die. But I mean, just the gross, the the sick. I mean, ooh, covered (coughs) covered with frogs. So as you open your front door, all you can see are frogs. The, he infiltrated the whole community with frogs. So we see that it infiltrated. But I want you to see the aggravation of the plague. Do you know, did, oh, let me just say this. Did you know that Egyptians worshipped the frog? That was somebody, that was an animal that they worshipped. And so God's aggravation to them was to put a little animal that they worshipped. And because they worshipped him, look, they weren't allowed to kill him. (laughs) They weren't allowed to hurt him because they worshipped them. And then not only that, but they worshipped them as a part of uh, fertility. And so guess what God did? He multiplied the frogs. Because of their unbelief to God. He said, because of your unbelief, because you want to believe that way, because you want to worship a frog, I'll put him right on top of you and be an aggravation to you. Not only did he... Can you imagine? I read a statement that says this. What becomes an idol to us will someday become a plague to us. If you have an idol, and this frog was an idol, one day it became a plague to the Egyptians because of their idol. You have an idol that you put in front of God, guess what? One day it's going to be a plague to you. 
What is in your way? What is an idol? What is an idol? Many would think that an idol is something you place on a shelf and you bow down to. But I'm here to tell you that's not, what an, that's not only what an idol is. An idol is anything that becomes between you and God. So what stops you from having a relationship with God is an is a what? Is an idol. So the TV can be an idol. That's right. The bed can be an idol. That's it. Football can be an idol. Well, we don't talk about that though. That's not even something we can even talk about. That is true. That ain't. Uh, we can't talk about. Don't talk about. Don't say that. But there's so many things in our life. They're not bad. It's not bad to sleep. It's not bad to work. It's not bad to have money. It's not bad to. It's not bad to uh, to uh, to go out with friends and, and enjoy yourselves. It's not bad to play games. It's not bad to watch football. Hey, man. And it's not bad to do any of those things, but when they become more important than God and they stop your relationship with God, that's when it becomes an idol. Even other people can become idols in your life because they stop you from having a relationship with God. So, do you have an idol? What is your idol? Anything that comes between us and God will curse us. Will curse us if we allow it to become between us and God. So what is it? I think if each and every one of us would be honest with ourselves we would say, yes, there's something that gets in my way sometimes. Anybody like that? I am. There's stuff that gets in my way. What does that become? My idol. But guess what? Your idol might be different than my idol. Now, I'm not worshiping some statue. Evil men make evil laws. Hmm. These frogs were not to be killed. I just can't begin to imagine the aggravation that took place with this plague. Not only do we see the infiltration and the aggravation, but number three, the multiplication of the plague. It wasn't one frog, and it wasn't two frogs. It was thousands of frogs. But look in verse number seven. It didn't stop with what with Aaron did. The magicians, look what verse number seven, and the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought upon up frogs upon the land. So what did he do? So what took place? Not only did Aaron bring frogs, but who else brought frogs? The magicians did. 
Pharaoh's own men did. Brought more frogs. He multiplied the frogs that were already there. The land was already covered with them, and he said, well, let's do more. Uh, uh, you know, and, and I, think, I think as we get down to this, and we'll get to that last point, it'll all come together, and I'm just trying to build to this last point. So number four, we see a supplication about the, about the plague. What's supplication? Hey, go on my behalf. Look in verse number eight. And then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people. And what? He said, I'll let the people go that they may do a sacrifice unto the Lord. And Moses said unto Aaron, Glory over me. When shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee? <coughs> and thy house, that they may remain in the river only. And he said, when? Tomorrow. So I want you to think about this for just a moment, and then we'll move on to the next one. But he says, supplication. He goes, hey, would you go to God for me? Would you tell God that if you'll just kill the frogs, I'll let the children of Israel go? Do you know... And think about this for just a second. He, he needed Aaron or Moses. Hey, would you go to God for me? Look, we don't have to go through anybody to pray. I don't have to go down the road and find somebody and say, hey, would you pray to God for me? Now, understand that it's important that we pray for each other and we support each other and we're there for each other. But ultimately, I don't have to go to somebody to pray for myself. And when Pharaoh went, he said, hey, would you pray for me? And Moses says, yes, I will. And, and he, Moses says, when would you like me to pray for you? And Pharaoh goes, tomorrow. Now, the, to me, as I think about this, what in the world is wrong with Pharaoh? He wasn't worried about solving the problem. All he wanted to do was get rid of the frogs and uh, not get rid of the children of Israel. That's why he, he, he just wanted a temporary fix for a permanent problem. And too many times in our life, we want, we, we want it, we, want, we procrastinate about what needs to be done today. Listen, to tomorrow will always be tomorrow. And today is yesterday's tomorrow. So I'll just do it tomorrow. Boast not thyself of today, for thou knowest not what a day may bring. Boast not thyself of... I'm quoting that verse wrong. I don't even know how that verse goes. Boast not thyself of something. What does it say? Do what? Thank you. Boast, thy, boast thyself not of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring. I have no idea what tomorrow may hold for my life. Well, I'll serve Jesus tomorrow, or I'll give out a tract tomorrow, or I'll tell them about Jesus tomorrow, or I'll, I'll witness tomorrow. No, hey, Pharaoh, you don't even know that you have tomorrow. So you're, you're asking Moses to go to God for you tomorrow? Why don't you say, Moses, go to God for me today? I mean, why is it we want to say, well, well, I'll start tomorrow. No, don't start reading your Bible tomorrow. Don't start praying tomorrow. 
tomorrow. Don't start doing that tomorrow. Live for God today because today is the only day that you're guaranteed right now. That's That's it. (coughs) You have no idea if you'll have tomorrow. Infiltration, aggravation, multiplication, supplication, and lastly, a smell. You say, a smell, yeah. Look in verse number 14. Well, verse number 11, we'll go ahead and read all the way through. And the frogs shall depart from thee and the, from thy houses and from thy servants and from thy people, and they shall remain in the river only. And Moses and Aaron went up from Pharaoh, and Moses cried unto the Lord because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses, out of the villages, out of the fields. And they gathered them together upon the heaps and the land. What? Stink. It was stinking. You want to know what? You don't want to know what stinks. Piles of dead frogs. I've never smelt piles of dead frogs. But after a day or two, it starts stinking. The first two plagues, they end with the stink, the smell. I'm gonna say this, and I'll be I'm getting ready, I'm getting ready to be done. This smell, in my opinion, I think it represents one thing. Death. Death. Sin. Bible says when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. It may look good to you, it may look fine to you, but have you asked God about it? Have you asked God if that's the way you ought to go? Have you asked God if that's the way you ought to, ought to be? Look, the smell in which would come from the heaps of frogs is the same smell that will come from our lives if we live in sin. Because sin will only bring death in our lives. You say, will it bring physical death? Absolutely so. It will bring spiritual death. It will bring physical death. It will bring bring death to even uh, family relationships. It will bring death to friendships. Look, all it takes is you want to ruin a good relationship, go talk about the person that you're best friends with and that will ruin it in a good, fast, quick, in a hurry. Run your mouth about someone that uh, you're close with and it hurts your relationship. You say, what, what do you mean? Run my mouth? Yeah, that's sin. That's called gossip. Or maybe it's tail-bearing. You say, it's the truth. Well, sometimes the truth hurts. And you don't have to tell the truth. You don't have to tell everything just because it's true. You know, there are times, there are times when I'm talking to people and I know the truth about them. Look, I don't have to go down the road and say, look, you, you, would you believe where he was at the other day? Just to be mean. And it's not gossip because gossip's lie. But tell-bearing is the truth 
but you know that it will hurt the person that you're telling. I don't have to do that. And neither do you. You say, why are you talking about that? Just trying to illustrate to you that we can ruin relationships, death to relationships, death to family, uh, family relationships, death to spirituality, death physically. Can happen because of death. Look, I'm going to die. Do you know why I'm going to die? Because of sin. That's how, that's why I'm going to die. <laughs> and the death that took place in this story, it wasn't because of, it was, you want to know why it was? It wasn't because they, they thought it was cool to have frogs. No, the death came because of sin. Pharaoh over and over, I, I'm not letting the children of Israel go. He refused to listen to God. Refused. He stopped his ears from listening to God. You want to you bring death in your life? Refuse to listen to God. You say, you're telling me I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die? That's not what I'm telling you. It, might, it may not be a physical death, but it will be a death to something. Now, I'm done. But I want you to ask yourself this question. Do I have any idols in my life? Hmm? Do I have sin in my life that's stinking? Then I need to get it out. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for letting us come together.